Thank you, worship team. If you have your Bibles with you today, please turn to John chapter 8. We will continue in our series here on the I Am statements that Jesus made in today's message is that Jesus made a statement, I am the light of the world. And we're going to break that down. And before we read this passage from John chapter 8, I just want to highlight something that uh, was similar to last week when he said, I'm the bread of life, and there's this crowd of people, and there was a struggle. They're thinking on natural terms. They're thinking in the physical realm. Meanwhile, Jesus is speaking in supernatural terms. He's He's speaking on the spiritual realm. And you'll see this breakdown again of people being able to understand as it happens again as he's speaking to this crowd of people. We're going to start in verse 12 and make our way through verse 30 as Jesus addresses the crowd as well as religious leaders who were also present. Verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And the Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. And Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Where is your Father? they asked. And if you notice... In the scriptures there, that's not capitalized. They're thinking on mere earthly terms here, and Jesus was referring to the heavenly Father. And Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. And if you knew me, you would also know my Father. And Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Now later Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will search for me, but will die in your sin. And you cannot come where I am going. And the people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean, you can't come where I'm going? And Jesus continued, you are from below, and I am from above. You belong to this world, and I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Well, who are you? They demanded. And Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I only say what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own but say only what the Father taught me, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. For I always do what pleases him. Then... 
then many who heard him say these things believed in him. This is a very interesting passage. My message is on the light of the world, and there's only one verse in the entire chapter of John 8 that talks about the light. And I'll admit, I was half tempted to just do one verse today. But I think it's important to look at what's going on here. Jesus claims he's the light of the world and you do not have to walk in darkness anymore. And when Jesus would teach the religious leaders and these Pharisees would try to take him on detours. Maybe you've seen that before in the scriptures. Even just in John chapter 4 as Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well, she tries to change the subject when things start to get a little bit real. But Jesus had a way of bringing it back to the thing he was trying to address. And so these people question where Jesus came from. How does he have this kind of authority? What, what makes this testimony valid that you are the light of the world? They're questioning him. And he gives his reasons. And we see his reasons are, one, he has such a connection with his father. His heavenly father. But they still didn't get that. They still didn't understand. The Bible tells us that. And so Jesus just flat out tells them. He says, I am he. And when he says, I am he, he's telling them that he is God. That he is divine. And that's a reference back in the book of Exodus when Moses is being called to lead the Israelites and God is speaking to him through a burning bush and Moses is going, how will these people even listen to me? And God says, tell them I am sent you. As Jesus says, I am he, he's saying that he's God. You want to know how this testimony's true? It's because I'm God. And when he makes that kind of statement, in verse 30 it says, Many who heard him believed in him. As he took them to that next level, claiming that not only was he the light of the world, but that he's God. And this is how he can make the statement that he is the light of the world. It's because... The Bible tells us that God is the source of light. 1 John 5, or excuse me, 1 verse 5, the Bible says that God is light and in Him there's no darkness at all. God is light. He is light. That's who He is. And what's interesting is I'm working through this message. God is eternal which means he's existed forever. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have always existed. Now, if you're like me, that blows my mind just a little bit. It's hard to fathom. But that's what the scriptures say. And if I take you back to Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness... Darkness covered 
the deep waters. Darkness present in the beginning. And then in verse 3, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So, did God create Jesus right there? Well, no, because Jesus is eternal. But he speaks light into existence, and this is not the sun, this is not the moon. God speaks light, and he separates the darkness simply by speaking from who he is. God is the source of light. And what I find interesting in this passage is God saw that the light was good. He doesn't say he saw the, the darkness was good. He saw that the light was good. And he separates the light from the darkness. There at the very beginning. If you go to the end of the Bible in Revelation 21... We understand that there's a city that is going to be established. This new Jerusalem that will come down out of the sky. And those who are in the kingdom of God will get to live in his kingdom forever. Without the presence of sin. And I want to tell you something. In the beginning, God is the source of light. And I want you to understand that at the very end, God will still be the source of light. Revelation 21 John says, I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb, Jesus, is its light. And the nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all of their glory. And its gates will never be closed at the end of the day. You want to know why they won't be closed? Because there's no more night. God is the source of light. He is light. And as Jesus tells these people, I am the light of the world. The reason why he can say that is because he is God. That might seem like something very simple and elementary, but I was given a survey this week that would tell us different. A survey that was simply asking Americans, do you believe that Jesus was just a teacher and that he was not God? He's just a teacher. He's rabbi the teacher, but he's not God. 52% of Americans believe that he was just a teacher. Now that's not that shocking because our culture is quite dark. Would you agree? Just because you're an American doesn't mean that you have an understanding of who Jesus is. But this survey goes further, that out of this they could also identify who were evangelicals that were answering this question. And here was the criteria for being an evangelical. You could check these boxes. You believe in biblical authority. You believe in the necessity of evangelism. In other words, you need to understand that people need Jesus. You believe that. You believe in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, and you also believe in the exclusivity of Jesus, that the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus. That is what qualified these people to be evangelicals in this survey. And almost one-third of these individuals said Jesus was just a teacher, but he's not really God. 
So like I said, this might seem elementary, but if close to three out of ten people are saying, well, he's just a teacher, they don't understand his divine nature that he was clearly talking about. And to truly understand how he could be the light of the world, we have to understand that he is God, first and foremost, and that God is the source of light. And in 1 John 1, the Bible says that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And God gives this light. He sheds this light to everyone. But here's the deal. People must receive his light. And the problem is, is there's people that even though God gives light, there's people out there that choose to not receive it. John chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible says, Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. People love darkness. And part of that is because Satan has blinded them. 2 Corinthians 4, the Bible talks about how Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel that's on display. And it's through Jesus Christ, who's the image of God. And it was for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God is the source of light. We must receive the light. 1 Thessalonians 5. We're all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. You cannot say that verse until you've received the light of Christ. So people must receive the light, and if you do, then you become a believer, a follower. And believers must remain in his light. You receive Jesus, that's salvation. But then you must walk out your journey of faith in the light. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, You are now light in the Lord. So live as children of light. So when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it means we leave that which was once our way of life. The darkness we lived in, we transfer now into the light. And Paul calls this fruit. He says the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless fruitless deeds of darkness. Last night at our Saturday night service, one of our attendees shared with me that they grew a tomato that was over two pounds. That's massive. That's like a cantaloupe. That will fill a sandwich, won't it? And then someone else came up to me and shared a friend of theirs is growing pumpkins that go hundreds of pounds. Hundreds of pounds. You cannot grow things like that in a basement with no windows. Paul says that the deeds that are of the dark are fruitless. 
And when the Holy Spirit is in your life and the light has come into your life, you then produce fruit. And believers must remain in His light. And part of that is be somebody who's fruitful. And part of doing that means we get out of environments that are dark and we live in environments where the light shines. That will help you grow fruit. What's one of the most practical ways that you can remain in God's light? Any guesses? Read the Word. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is the lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Verse 130, The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. You want to remain in God's light, then get into the word. It helps shine onto the path that you walk and it helps you shine as well. So we get into God's word and we also... We walk in the light. First John 1 tells us, walk in the light as He is in the light. Walk in it. Don't just receive the light and then hide it, but walk in it. And that leads me to my next point. Believers must shine His light. And Jesus talked about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world, a city that is on a hill and it cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it out on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds or your fruit and then they'll glorify your Father in heaven. You want to know how you glorify God? First off, you need to understand why you've been created. You're created to glorify God. So then how do we do that? You come into a relationship with Him, so you receive the light, and then you shine the light. And when you shine the light, it says, others will see this, and then they'll come to glorify God. They'll receive the light, and they'll shine also. And Jesus was talking about how we need to be people who shine our light. And I want to take that a step further with an illustration here from this book called Resilient. It's a, a book on child discipleship, and it's one that, that Jane had brought to my attention after one of the most recent children's ministry conferences that she and Jeannie attended. And I want to read to you this little portion here that talks about fire carriers. I think you'll appreciate this. In Cormac McCarthy's novel, No Country for Old Men, Sheriff Bell remembers that his father would carry the embers from the campfire in one camp to the next in an animal horn. It was a tradition passed to the cowboys from the Native American Indians. And the fire carrier was important to the Western life. The fire carrier brought hope. Fire chased the darkness from the western skies, and the night was not so ominous when a fire was burning. The fire carrier helped continue the mission. Hunters could keep hunting, continuing their search far from home, and cowboys could continue protecting their herds from predators. 
The fire carrier sustained life. Food could be cooked and made edible and become life-giving. And so, too, today, stories, the fires that we carry to each other, holding a special place in our lives. And in the lines of a story, we can find healing, life, and light for our journeys. And so was such a story. It began very simple, but it lit up the earth for thousands of years with its hopeful truth. It transformed everything. The fire it carried still burns brightly today. This is the story's opening line. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was fire. In a pagan, wildly senseless, brutally hopeless world, that that story carried fire. It meant we weren't random beings. We were wanted, created, and pursued by God. Here was meaning. And the story continued. Man turned away, but God didn't extinguish the flame and give us over to darkness. Just the opposite. He called us his children, not just his creations. He loved us, and still we turned our faces from him. Over and over, the pattern repeated. But then a new part of the story lit up the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And with those beginning words to his gospel, John carried fire into the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. We can barely imagine how those words pierced the pagan heart with hope. The disciples and the apostles of the early church carried that fire to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, For centuries, mothers and fathers of all skin colors and nationalities have gathered their children around their knees and breathed the fire of God's love into their their children's hearts with that same story. Preachers have carried that fire in their sermons. Missionaries have carried that story to the ends of the earth. But the fire was often resisted. The story attacked Ancient Rome tried to silence the fire-carrying story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. They persecuted the fire-carriers and put them to death by crucifixion, stoning the sword and flames. Christian tradition holds that all the disciples of Jesus, except for John, died martyrs' deaths. And early Christian fire carriers were torn to pieces by wild animals to the roar of bloodthirsty crowds. But all the power and terror of ancient Rome could not put out that fire. And the story of God's love still burns brightly today. And ancient Rome is only a crumbling ruin of what once was. The Jesus story turned the world upside down. Nazi Germany tried to silence the story of Jesus. Fire carriers like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and thousands of other Christian leaders died in Nazi concentration camps. Executed by death squads, gassed, starved, and worked to death, still the evil darkness of Nazi Germany could not put out the Christian fire. 
Today, God's love burns brightly, but Nazi Germany is defeated, relegated to a shameful, repugnant chapter of human history. This author says, in my childhood, the Russians were always coming. Children of my generation were taught to duck and cover under our desks. Christian fire carriers were driven underground and subjected to state terror in Russia, but today the Berlin Wall is torn down and Russia is no longer the threat it once was. At so many points in world history, the fire could have been extinguished, the story buried and forgotten, but generation after generation of fire carriers kept the gospel ember burning. Fire carriers like Peter and Paul, John and Stephen, St. Augustine, St. Patrick, George Whitfield, John Wesley, D.L. Moody, William Carey, Amy Carmichael, and Billy Graham carried the ember of the gospel story that continues to light up the world today. And fire carriers like Tracy and Brett and Stan And Dave, we are carrying the light of the world. And we go into a world that is incredibly dark, but God's word says that the darkness cannot overcome it. We're carrying a message that cannot be extinguished. We live in a culture that is so incredibly dark. And the last five months have been quite a ride through that darkness, haven't they? COVID, masks, the presidential race. There's a variety of things at play here. The, the tension between people that have different skin colors. But the gospel ember keeps burning. And it's changing people's hearts and lives. Will you be a fire carrier? The world needs it. Acts 13, 47. God says, I've made you a light that you may bring salvations to the end of the earth. As I close this message this morning, I want to highlight the scene. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, we need to understand what just happened. These Pharisees, these leaders who are so enlightened, they go and they find this woman caught in adultery and they bring her out in front of Jesus and out in front of a crowd. And they're getting ready to stone this woman to death. And Jesus begins to write in the sand. We don't exactly know what he wrote, but as he speaks to them, he says, He who is without sin, throw the first stone. And they begin to step back. And they're no longer accusing her of her sin issue because they realize that they have sin in their own life. And Jesus looks at her and says, where are your accusers? They had gone. And he says, I don't accuse you. 
But he says, but go and leave your life of sin. He's telling her, step out of the darkness and walk into the light. He tells her that. I'm sure she walks off. And then in verse 12, it says he addresses the crowd. And he says, I am the light of the world. And you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Perhaps you can remember a moment in your life where you moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But if you can't remember when that was, I want to tell you something right now. You are living in darkness. Jesus addresses these Pharisees' life and how they're living in darkness. Because he says, unless you... Believe that I am who I claim to be. You're going to die in your sins. And the darkness of sin must be dealt with. And for some, it's because they've never brought Jesus into their life. And there's even believers that have the light of Christ in their life, but yet they're choosing things that aren't the light. We must deal with the darkness of sin. Jesus told this woman, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Folks, our default position is not heaven. Our world might think that. You know, we have somebody that we love, and so because we loved them, we wish that they would be in heaven. That's what we want. But if they did not reconcile sin in their life by coming to faith in Jesus Christ, the scripture is very clear. They will not be in heaven. That's a very serious thing. And Jesus was trying to point that out with this crowd. Unless you believe in me, you will die in your sin. And you cannot come where I'm going. If you want to be with Christ and the light of glory in heaven for eternity, you must transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We all must do that. And when you do, it's called salvation. You bring the light of the world into your life. Two responses today. If you're a believer in Jesus and you've experienced salvation in your life, please... Remain in the light and shine. The world desperately needs it. And the other response is if there's someone here today that if you're living in darkness, I ask that you would come to the light and receive the light of the world into your, into your life. Will you pray with me as we close this message? Father, we thank you that you are the light and that you shine in the darkness. And Father, help us to be people who shine your light. Shine on us right now, Lord. And Father, if there's someone listening right now that they've not reconciled the issue of sin in their life and they're living in darkness, I want to invite that individual to pray with me right now to receive Jesus Christ 
the light of the world. Simply pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. And I ask for forgiveness of my sin, forgiveness of the darkness that I've been living in. And I come to you and ask that you'd forgive me and cleanse me, make me a new person, put your light in me, and help me to live for you from this day forward. And I thank you for this gift of salvation as today I receive the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's somebody that prayed with me just now to receive the light, I want to encourage you to consider a resource that we have here at the church called Now What that is a next steps resource to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Grow in the light. And you can find that resource at our welcome desk. You can also find that online for those who are watching through our live stream comes with a free Bible. We want to make that connection with you so that you can grow in the light of the Lord. Would you stand with me as